your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 616 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. And so obviously not the easiest of episodes to record over here because as I'm sure pretty much everyone listening to this is aware, the New York Rangers season just ended in game six in Tampa Bay, final score of two to one lightning and the lightning go to the Stanley Cup final to play the Colorado Avalanche looking for their third straight Stanley Cup and the Rangers after leading two games to none in this series drop three consecutive games, and I'm going to do my best here to kind of try to strike that right balance between disappointment, certainly in how the Rangers played in this game here tonight, and really the the most recent four games in general, but also um, just gratitude and just uh, kind of, you know, acknowledging how far this team came this season, uh, how much this can benefit them in the, in the long run, because obviously there's a lot of young players on this team. Many of them were playing in the Stanley Cup final or the Stanley Cup playoffs, rather. I wish it was the Stanley Cup final. But uh, playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time in their careers, and I think a lot of players got invaluable experience out of this. We're also going to talk about Gerard Gallant's heavily controversial and criticized decision to bench Capo Caco, or make him a healthy scratch, rather, in this game after he had played the entire postseason and at times played very well. Obviously, the kid line uh, certainly had its moments during the playoffs, and Capo Caco out of the lineup to make room for guys like Kevin Rooney and uh, Dryden Hunt as well. So we're going to talk about that decision and uh, more specifically why I didn't agree with it. So a little bit of a spoiler there. But I want to start today's episode by kind of just going right to the big finish in this game. That, of course, being the Rangers once again. I, I, okay, I got to compose myself here because I don't know how many times I've been over this on this podcast. And anybody that's been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you guys already know what I'm about to say, and what I'm about to talk about here. Over and over and over, over these past three seasons, and part of the reason for this, I'm sure, is that the Rangers are a very, very young team, very, very inexperienced team. But what episode did I just say this was? I got to look, 600 and something, 616. I think I first mentioned this probably on like episode two. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it at some point to, to find out exactly when I first talked about this very specific issue that just continues to plague the Rangers. And that issue, say it with me now, the Rangers are not sharp on the shift that immediately follows a goal. And that's been the case several times in this series. I think for the most part in this series, the Rangers mostly got away with it. There were times in this series where they did not have a good shift on the one that immediately followed a goal, uh, but I don't think it led to any Tampa Bay goals, at least not right away, you know, immediately after a goal was scored. 
until tonight and until the third period and until it couldn't have possibly happened at a worse time. The Rangers, despite being outplayed by a fairly wide margin on the night, even saying it that, I think that way, I think is probably being a little bit generous on my part because, uh, yeah, they, they were outplayed by a, a significant margin by the Tampa Bay Lightning in this game. Despite that, you know, you're down one nothing for the entire second half of the game. Stamkos made it one nothing just past the midway point of the second period. And so as a Ranger fan, you're saying, look, I mean, yeah, we're getting outplayed, but we've been here and we've done that. This team is 5-0 and when facing elimination in the playoffs. They scored some ridiculously uh, dramatic goals, certainly against Pittsburgh and also against Carolina as well. And you know you're down by just one goal. And, you know, no matter how badly you're getting outplayed, you are still one opportunity away from potentially tying the game. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Frank Vitrano scoring a goal on the power play for the Rangers. And I should actually back up for just a second because uh, this goal scored by Vitrano and the power play in general all came as the result of uh, Alexi Lafreniere making a couple of just ridiculous moves. He gained the blue line uh, for Tampa, you know, over the Tampa blue line there, uh, you know, basically just faked a guy out of skates, then faked Stamkos out of his skates, and then Stamkos had to kind of grab Lafreniere to prevent him from potentially making a play. The arm goes up, delayed penalty on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Rangers go to the power play. Now, the first Ranger power play unit didn't really get a whole lot of uh, scoring opportunities on this man advantage here, and they were out there for uh, about a minute and 30, and then you get a play stoppage. Uh, Mika Zibanejad ripped a one-timer at the net, and it was held by Vasilevsky. So you've got an offensive zone draw forthcoming here for the New York Rangers, and you're down to less than seven minutes remaining in the game. Uh, 40 seconds left on the power play, to be exact. And so the Rangers, at this point, the top power play unit had been out there for the entire time. They go to the second power play unit, and that includes Alexi Lafreniere, Barclay Goodrow, Frank Vitrano, Andrew Kopp, and Jacob Truba. And Andrew Kopp on the dot, good face-off guy. I think it was absolutely the right idea to have him in there uh, taking this face-off here. You need a win. Obviously, the Rangers, we know they can't score even strength goals. More on that in a little bit. Um, but you got to convert here. This really felt like this was the game. The Rangers had to put one in the net here. And at this point, you're, you know, time's dwindling on the man advantage. So Cop wins the faceoff clean as a sheet to his right to Frank Vitrano. And I've been talking about this on this, pod, on this podcast, excuse me. Uh, Vitrano's got an absolutely lethal shot. He absolutely just tattoos it, beats Vasilevsky on the glove side, puts the puck into the twine, and we are tied against all odds, despite, once again, Tampa mostly skating circles around the Rangers for the majority of this night and clearly having the better of play. We are tied with 6.53 left. And then what happens after that? Well, the Rangers give up the game-winning goal, what turned out to be the game-winning goal, exactly 21 seconds after... Frank Vitrano scored what was the Rangers' biggest goal of the season. You get a situation where the puck is in the neutral zone. This is on the shift following the Vitrano goal. Alexi Lafreniere shoots it into the attacking zone. Dryden Hunt was in there on the forecheck. The Lightning start to you know move it out of their zone, move it into the uh, neutral zone there. And you've got Palat, which is an excellent cross-ice pass up the boards on the right side to Kucherov. Kucherov takes the pass in stride. He gains the blue line. And just like that, it's a two-on-one. Jacob Truba, I don't know what happened here. I mean, I know he's against Steven Stamkos, and Stamkos is a great player, but, man, Stamkos just absolutely toasted him on this play. I mean, Truba, I don't know if he was just, like, gasping for oxygen or what the deal was here, but he got absolutely just burnt on this play. And Kucherov, bit of a saucer pass across the ice to Stamkos. Stamkos is going toward the net. It looked like Igor Shesterkin made an excellent glo- Well, he did make an excellent glove save uh, initially. 
The shot went right into the glove. It kind of hit the bottom of Igor's glove. You know, lightning quick reflexes there by Igor Shesterkin. Puck bounces out of the bottom portion of his glove, kind of goes into the air, and then Stamkos is still moving toward the net. The puck bounces off of his leg and goes into the net. The Rangers argued, and of course, obviously in this situation, it's worth, you know, stating your case and trying to claim that, you know, that shouldn't be a good goal. But I got no problems with this goal. I I think it should absolutely be a good goal. Um, There was no kicking motion or anything like that. I don't think Stamkos really interfered with Igor Shesterkin in any meaningful way there. And so the goal stands and, you know, a couple of chances down the stretch for the Rangers, but uh, nothing too dangerous and time runs out on the Rangers in this game and on their season. And uh, just really, really unfortunate. But before I go a second longer, and again, we're going to continue breaking down all the highlights and lowlights from this game kind of uh, you know, talk about what's in store for uh, Locked On New York Rangers in the offseason because uh, for sure I know that we picked up some new listeners along the way in this postseason run. I mean, of course, how could we not, right? And that has way more to do with the Rangers than it does to do with me. A lot of people really kind of you know, got really, really excited about this team and, and really wanted to be uh, with the Rangers every step of the way. And hey, what better way to do that than by listening to a daily podcast every day? So um, yeah, it, like I said, I, I cannot thank you guys enough for being part of this journey with me. It really was a freaking blast this year. Nobody took this team seriously. Nobody thought they'd even make the playoffs, let alone beat Pittsburgh, let alone beat Carolina, let alone go 5-0 and when facing elimination in those two series. And uh you know, again, a competitive series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Other than game four, the Rangers were in every game. I mean, this game, Tampa had the better of play, but the Rangers were right there at the end, uh, had a chance, didn't work out. And uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, look, I mean, they're on the verge of a dynasty, and that's the team that finally knocked the Rangers out of the playoffs. So, uh, like I said, yeah, we're, we're just kind of getting started here. We're going to continue talking about everything that happened in this game, and we will do that in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for several months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs you less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it is cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like 
and what you don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, so we have to go ahead and talk about the decision that everybody was buzzing about before the game and certainly probably still is even right now. In fact, yeah, I'm on Twitter and definitely people are still talking about this. And that, of course, is the decision by Gerard Gallant to make Capo Caco a healthy scratch. And I got to be honest here, and, and let me just preface this whole thing by saying I like Gerard Gallant. I think he's somebody that did an amazing job with this team this season. Obviously, he comes into a team that was basically in chaos. When you look at how uh, last season started with all the Tony D'Angelo stuff, when you look at how last season ended with all the Tom Wilson stuff, uh, it was basically just a mess. And then everything with Dolan and, you know, JD and Jeff Gordon getting fired. Uh, Gerard Gallant came in here and not only settled things down, but turned this team into a bona fide cup contender and led them all the way to the Eastern Conference Final. But this, to me, is one of his worst decisions that he's made all season to make Capo Caco a healthy scratch in this game for a lot of reasons. For starters, we'll look at the short term and then we'll look at the long term. So for the short term, I fail to see how making Capo Caco a healthy scratch in this game could possibly, possibly give you a better chance to win it. And with Capo Caco being a healthy scratch, you've got guys in the lineup like Kevin Rooney and Dryden Hunt. I mean, those are the two that really stand out. Also, Ryan Strom to a lesser extent because Strom, you know, it's interesting because during the pregame skate, Strom was out there, but then he left the ice and wasn't there for like, I think it was, they said it was about seven minutes that he was away from the ice and they start doing, you know, their pregame rushes and, you know, I'm, I'm checking Twitter and, you know, who's going to be in and who's going to be out and who's going to play with who. And I'm looking at the line combinations and I can't even figure out like who's missing here. Like, okay, Hunt's going to play. So he's in. Uh, looks like uh, Kako's going to play. So he's not going to be a healthy stretch. It was actually Strom that was missing, at least from this particular tweet that I was looking at. Now, of course, we found out later that Strom was obviously still dealing with his injury. He left the ice to uh, get some work done on that. And then he ends up going back out there and obviously plays in this game. He was in his usual spot with Cop and Panarin. But Strom was not feeling well in this game. I mean, you, you could tell. He, he was not skating uh, very efficiently at all and has had kind of a rough playoff series in the first place. And of course, he ends up leaving the game with a lower body injury, does not return in the third period, and ends up with just eight minutes and 46 seconds of ice time for the New York Rangers. So if Strom was, you know, in this bad of a way, and granted, you don't really know for sure exactly how much he's hurting, but I'm sure Gallant knows, and if he ends up missing the game, then I got to imagine this is a somewhat uh, significant injury that prevents him from playing in the third period of a game in which the Rangers must win to continue their season. And so the decision to go with Strom over Kako is pretty surprising because it's not like Strom has set the world on fire this postseason. I mean, a couple of moments here and there, sure, but uh, certainly not a consistent um, you know, strong player for the Rangers throughout this postseason run here. And obviously, we all know what happened in Game 5 with him uh, missing that pass from Andrew Kopp. Not a perfect pass, but a pass that Brian Strom absolutely has to be able to handle, and he's got a wide-open net, was not able to take advantage of it. So the idea that, you know, the Rangers had to play an injured Strom over Capo Caco 
when even a healthy Strom has not really been that great in the playoffs this season, that's a head-scratcher in and of itself. But you know what? Strom, he's been a big part of this team for the last couple of seasons. He's been a top sixer pretty much that entire time. Uh, him and Artemi Panarin have excellent chemistry, so I could at least see the argument like, well, you know what? Strom wants to play in this game. He's been a big part of this team. He's had a hand in uh, th this rebuild here and helping this team go from you know, basically kind of a cellar dweller into a cup contender. So he's earned the right to be out there. If you want to make that argument, I don't necessarily agree with that. But if you want to make that argument, I'll at least hear you out. And I'll say, okay, you know, that makes sense. You know, you, I could maybe be talked into that. So we'll, we'll let it alone that Ryan Strom was out there for this game and that he dressed for this game. Why are Dryden Hunt and Kevin Rooney both playing in this game over Capo Caco? I can't fathom what the reasoning there would be. And, and you know, as far as what they did in this game, Kevin Rooney's out there for 8 minutes and 40 seconds, including 46 seconds of shorthanded time. Dryden Hunt was out there for 10 minutes and 58 seconds, did not play at all on special teams. You know, with Rooney, I suppose you could, again, at least make the argument. This is not an argument that I agree with, but you could at least make the argument that the reason that Rooney's out there is, well, you know, he's a valuable player when it comes to the penalty kill. And obviously, at Tampa Bay, you know, they got uh, a lot of weapons over there, a lot of guys who could put the puck in the net. It's going to be paramount for the Rangers if they take a penalty to be able to kill off uh, the ensuing power play for the Lightning. I would argue that it's not really necessary to have Rooney out there even just for that, simply because when you look at this Ranger team, there's a lot of forwards who are really good penalty killers. Between Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Barkley Goodrow, Tyler Mott, Andrew Kopp, there's plenty of guys who you can put out there on the PK and, you know, not necessarily miss Kevin Rooney. Nothing against Kevin Rooney, but uh, Capo Caco's got to be out there instead of him. And Dryden Hunt, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I guess the one thing you could say there as well, this has been a grueling run for the Rangers. They're about to play, what was this, like their 20th game in the last 40 days. It might be good to have somebody out there with fresh legs, but come on. Dryden Hunt, at best, is a career journeyman, and he ended up playing a bigger role for the Rangers this year than I think a lot of people thought that he would, and props to him for that. Capo Caco is the former number two overall pick in the playoffs and somebody that is, you know, this is the best way to look at it. Let's ask Tampa Bay who they would like the Rangers to scratch in this game. Do you think they would say, yeah, uh, scratch Dryden Hunt or scratch Capo Caco? Which one of them do you think that they would be happiest to see not be on the ice? I would imagine it would probably be Capo Caco. And Caco's played well in the playoffs. I mean, he hasn't lit it up as far as points are concerned, but nevertheless, he's been a driving force on a lot of the uh, sustained pressure by the kid line in the offensive zone. He's been really strong along the boards. He's had his moments here and there. And... This kind of leads me into what I also want to talk about, the big picture ramifications here. And I realize this is a game that the Rangers have to win, and you can't worry about hurting people's feelings and this, that, and the other thing. Capo Caco has played well in the playoffs. He's the former number two overall pick, and you sit him down for guys like Dryden Hunt and Kevin Rooney. That is not a good idea. I mean, this, in a perfect world, Capo Caco is a building block of this New York Ranger franchise and somebody that will play a major role in a Stanley Cup winning team in the next couple of years here. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Look, it's a long way back to the Eastern Conference Finals. I know the Rangers have a great team, uh, but you know we're a long way from getting back to that point. But Capo Caco, again, this is somebody, the Rangers have a lot of eggs in the Capo Caco basket, and you do this to him with the team-facing elimination. When Caco, I mean, as far as I could tell, has not done anything wrong, I mean, 
There's games where maybe he's not as noticeable as other games, but I don't think he's had like a terrible game in this postseason. I don't think he's done anything to really hurt the Rangers. It's just that there's nights where he's not as noticeable as other nights, but I don't think he's done anything uh, that's a detriment to the team. I think he's a better defensive forward than he gets credit for, and I just can't possibly get on board with this. I mean, this is something that could really kind of damage his confidence going forward, and you do that to put Dryden Hunt in the lineup, to put Kevin Rooney in the lineup. Kevin Rooney is an unrestricted free agent. Maybe he's back with the Rangers, maybe not. I think there's a very good chance that he walks. I get the feeling the Rangers will fill out their roster with um, you know, some inexpensive players as far as bottom six forward roles are concerned next season. And, you know, Rooney, he's not gonna get like a major contract, but he could get like two million, two and a half million a season, and the Rangers might pass on that. And he's got to be out there instead of Capo Caco. And Dryden Hunt's got to be out there instead of Capo Caco. Dryden Hunt had been a healthy scratch since game three against Pittsburgh. Can't follow the logic here. If if you told me or, or you know any Ranger fan that one of these three players, Capo Caco or Kevin Rooney or Dryden Hunt, is going to make a big impact in this game and potentially uh, you know win it for the Rangers, have a big hand in the Rangers winning this game, I think everybody would say Capo Caco. So cannot understand this decision by Gerard Gallant. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh man, if Caco had played, Rangers definitely would have won. I can't possibly say that, but I can definitely say I think they would have had a better chance to win than by making him a healthy scratch. That's the short-term issue that I have with it. And the long-term damage, uh, you know, Caco, he'll get over it probably, but I just don't like doing that to a player that, again, has played some of the best hockey of his career, and you yank him off the ice. I think Capo Caco had earned the right, as has every other New York Ranger that's been a part of this playoff run, to see this thing through to the end. And he wasn't given the chance to do that, and the Rangers couldn't get anything going offensively, and, again, have scored, wrap up their season scoring just one even-strength goal in the last four games. So we're going to continue talking about this in just a second, but first, to let everybody know, Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so yeah, I think the complete undoing of the Rangers in this series was obviously just the complete inability to do anything at 5v5 play. And it wasn't just the fact that they weren't scoring goals. I mean, one goal in four games at 5v5 is absolutely ridiculous. I can't imagine. I mean, I have to look back to know this for sure. I can't imagine that happened once all season for the Rangers. Rangers were a high-scoring team, and I can't imagine there was a situation in the regular season where they went four straight games with a total of one even-strength goal. And you know what? Think about the one even-strength goal that they had. It was Ryan Lindgren in the last game, game five, and again, as I mentioned in that episode, I wouldn't want to call that a fluke, but it kind of was because he just threw the puck from along the boards toward the net, caught Vasilevsky by surprise, and scored, and that's the only goal. You know, that wasn't, that goal that they did score, the only one at 5v5 in these last four games, wasn't the result of the Rangers, you know, making these excellent passes and winning all these board battles and doing everything they could to keep a play alive. It was just a defenseman that pinched in, uh, got to a puck that was by itself and just threw it toward the net. So, yeah, not good. And it's unfortunate because 
You know, a lot of the Rangers star players, a lot of them had big-time runs in the postseason. Mika Zibanejad, I thought, had a great postseason. Adam Fox, for the most part, did as well. Chris Kreider, a little bit hot and cold. I mean, it was kind of the old Chris Kreider coming back to fruition here, um, you know, where he's just kind of, uh, you know, one game looking dangerous, other games He's barely even out there. But the Rangers really needed their stars to step up, specifically in this game six here tonight with them facing elimination and also, to a lesser extent, this last handful of games as well. I mean, it is a cliche, but it's very, very true. It's something we talked about with Gil Martin when I was on Locked on NHL a while back. When you're in the playoffs, your best players need to be your absolute best players, and they need to be at the top of their game. I don't think Panarin was ever really at the top of his game. And again, he had his moments, obviously the game seven overtimer against Pittsburgh. Um, Strom was never really at the top of his game. Andrew Kopp started the playoffs well, then kind of faded. The kid line was, you know, up and down. Um, and then, of course, you know, we, we mentioned pretty much everybody. Mika's a bad Chris Kreider. Uh, Mika was really good the entire playoffs, but Kreider had his ups and downs. I thought Jacob Truba certainly had his ups and downs. There's times where he was outstanding. There's other times where... You know, what happened on the game-winning goal in this game was happening to Truba, you know, frequently. Um, and in this case, in this game, he just kind of got burnt by Steven Stamkos. Very unfortunate there. And yeah, you know, just one of those series where, unfortunately, the Rangers' best players were not at their best. Except for Igor Shesterkin. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. This game actually kind of reminded me, this game six game here tonight, kind of reminded me of a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs earlier in the regular season, I believe it was still October, couldn't have been later than November, but the Rangers, you know, early in the season, the narrative was that they could not win games unless Igor Shesterkin carried them. And to be fair, you know, very early in the season, that was pretty much true. I mean, Igor Shesterkin was carrying his team on his back for October and part of November as well. But the Rangers had a game in Toronto against the Maple Leafs very early in the season, and it was just like this game. The Maple Leafs just skated circles around the Rangers. The rink was tilted the entire game, uh, scoring chances left and right for the Leafs. It goes into overtime, and Panarin scored in that one to give the Rangers a very improbable win. But I, I kind of got those kinds of vibes in this game uh, between the Rangers and Lightning here, where the Rangers, it was just the very definition of just barely doing enough to just barely hang on and stay in the fight and give yourself a chance to win it late. I thought that they were actually going to pull this out because it just gave me the exact same vibes that I got from that game against Toronto earlier in the season where Igor Shesterkin is carrying the team and then it just takes one chance to tie the game or win the game or whatever it might be. Uh, but the Rangers, they were there. It felt like the counterpunch was eventually going to happen. It did happen on that goal by Vetrano. But again, uh, the Rangers' just inability to be at their best in the shift that follows the goal. And that is something that needs to become a point of emphasis this offseason. The players have to take it upon themselves. Uh, we'll see if they name a captain. Whoever the next captain is should talk about that with his teammates. We'll see if the coaching staff makes that a point of emphasis, but I'm not kidding. I mean, I think it was literally episode two, the first time that I mentioned that, where the Rangers look a little bit, you know, just kind of off kilter in the shift that immediately follows a goal, and that's something that's going to need to change going forward. I, th I think something else that really stands out to me as far as this playoff run is concerned, there were a couple too many games where the Rangers just were not at their best. You know, they just laid an egg or maybe not necessarily laid an egg, but just were not sharp, and they obviously paid the price for it in the end here. If you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you just can't get away with that. You might be able to get away with one, maybe two clunkers in your run to the Stanley Cup, but the Rangers had too many. I mean, they, they this one was kind of a clunker, even though they were in it late and had a chance. Uh, game four of this series was definitely a clunker. I would say 
you know, against Pittsburgh, the two games in Pittsburgh, games three and four, those were clunkers. Game five against the Carolina Hurricanes, those were clunkers. Now, obviously, the good news is the Rangers uh, dug deep, and they battled back in those games, and in many cases won some of those games or won the game that uh, followed the game in question. But, you know, you just have to learn that lesson, and I, I hope and think that the Rangers will learn that lesson. you got to be razor sharp every single game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You can't take a game off. You can't take a period off. You can't even take a shift off. That's what it's going to take if you're going to emerge from this just insane 16-team tournament that we're all privileged enough to get to watch every single season. And, you know, fingers crossed once again that the lesson has been learned and they'll just come back that much stronger and that much more ready to go uh, next season in the playoffs. Something else that I'll definitely remember about this playoff run, I mean, I'm going to remember a ton of stuff about this playoff run, but certainly the play of Igor Shosturkin. He's proved uh, throughout this entire run here that he is as clutch as he is talented. He was absolutely sensational in the games where the Rangers truly needed him to be at his best, including this game here tonight. The only reason this game was even close, the only reason the Rangers had a shot at it, uh, potentially winning it, you know, late in this game is because Igor Shosturkin was awesome. Prior to this game tonight, Igor was 5-0 and with the Rangers facing elimination, and he played excellent hockey in all five of those games. So uh, we got an unbelievable goalie. It's not lost on me how lucky we are to go from Henrik Lundqvist straight to Igor Shosturkin, and just can't wait to see uh, what this kid can do going forward. You know, hopefully uh, as a part of, you know, many more deep New York Ranger playoff runs to come here. Just can't wait to, to see what he can do. Uh, I think something else, you guys got to tell me if you do this too, but anytime there's a situation like this, you know, the Rangers lose to Tampa Bay here and they're out of the playoffs. And obviously now it's going to be Tampa, Colorado for the Stanley cup. But I always just kind of think about different scenarios that could have happened in this playoff run here. If you guys think back to the first round, Tampa Bay was down three games to two to the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. They were down by a goal in game six in the third period. They tied it. It went to overtime, and Tampa Bay eventually won it. What happens if Toronto either holds them off in regulation there or beats them in overtime and knocks the Lightning out of the playoffs in the first round? Well, Toronto then goes on to play Florida, and then, you know, you think like, well, you know, Tampa Bay, they swept Florida would Toronto sweep Florida? Would it be a more competitive series and then Toronto wins? Maybe Florida finds a way to beat Toronto. And then the Rangers end up playing either Toronto or Florida. And then what happens there? Could the Rangers have knocked Florida or Toronto, whichever team got that far, could they have knocked them out of the playoffs in this round and advance to the Stanley Cup final? And then what happens if the Rangers play the Colorado Avalanche? Excuse me. Uh, do they actually beat them and win the Stanley Cup? That kind of stuff can pretty much drive you insane, but I can never help but... It's like a choose-your-own-adventure book, basically. I can never help but think, you know, how things could have been different. 2014's a great example. You know, Blackhawks and Kings going into overtime in Game 7 in the Western Conference Final. Kings win, then they beat the Rangers. What happens if the Blackhawks win that game in overtime? Do the Rangers beat the Blackhawks? And again, you'll never know for sure. That's part of what drives you crazy, but as a sports fan, I can never help but just kind of think of these different scenarios in my head, at least a little bit. And... Who knows? Who knows what would have happened? But uh, yeah, Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, they're on the verge of a dynasty. It is what it is. It's it's an excellent team, and you know the Rangers. I think they proved they're not that far away from being just as good as Tampa, but they're just not there quite yet. And another reason for optimism, and I already see people talking about this on social media and whatnot, but. You know, obviously the Rangers, very young team. Their core is signed long-term. They've got some great players. They've got uh, some players that are continuing to develop and should be that much better next season. And that's all well and good and everything. And yeah, I absolutely do expect this team to be a bonafide cup contender for, you know, a good chunk of years to come here. But 
the thing that just really kind of sticks in your craw, at least for me, is, first of all, how close they were. I mean, they were this close to going to the Cup Finals and who knows, perhaps even winning it. So that's number one. Number two, though, yeah, the Rangers, they might win a Stanley Cup two years from now, three years from now, maybe even next year. Maybe they win the Stanley Cup next year. But I wanted to see this team win the Stanley Cup. You know, is Frank Vitrano going to be back with the Rangers next season? I hope he is. By that same token, I also understand they can't overextend themselves and, and really overpay for somebody like Frank Vitrano. Is Andrew Kopp going to be back next season? Ryan Strom? Kevin Rudy? I mean, it's just such a likable team. And you know right now that not everybody's coming back. That's just a cold, hard fact of the NHL. It's a cold, hard fact of professional sports. There's always going to be some change, and certainly some of these UFAs are going to be on their way, and they're going to be playing somewhere else next season. So that is a bummer. Uh, it would have been really, really cool to see uh, this particular group of players end up winning a Stanley Cup together. Definitely would have been special. Um, that said, can't wait for next season because I think the Rangers, uh, this was no fluke, and they should be right in the mix for many, many years to come here. But uh, again, I just cannot thank you guys enough one more time here for being on this ride with me. It's crazy. You know, we start in the postseason. We go through the 82-game regular season. In this particular postseason, we had, let's see, 20 postseason games to watch together. Uh, just an absolute freaking blast, man. Just have so much fun watching Ranger hockey with you guys, talking Ranger hockey with you guys. And listen, if you've been listening to this uh, podcast from its inception or you're kind of new, you just kind of jumped on board here during the playoff run, uh, definitely stick around. We tend to have a lot of fun here together. Uh, Ranger fans, you know, we all got to stick together. We've only got one cup in 82 years, all right? Ranger fans need to stick together. And uh, it's just a really cool family, really cool community that we've kind of built here uh, at Locked On New York Rangers and the Locked On NHL um, you know, network as a whole. But yeah, I mean, we're going to keep rolling this offseason. We're going to do a bunch of uh, really fun, interesting offseason episodes. I'm going to do my best to line up some really cool guests for you guys. I'm, I'm sure we'll you know, get at least a couple of guests in here uh, in the days and weeks to come here. But we're going to get into impending free agency, you know, talk about which free agents the Rangers should look to re-sign as far as their own guys, which free agents they could look to pursue. Certainly, we'll talk a little bit about the NHL draft. We're going to get into how every single New York Ranger uh, fared this season. We'll talk awards. We'll have our top 10 Ranger wins of the season. We do that countdown every single year, so I'll do that. And we're also going to have a very special episode where I read stories from you guys, where you were, what you were doing, who you were with, when Artemi Panarin scored in overtime in Game 7 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I've already heard from a bunch of you. If you haven't shared your story with me yet, definitely feel free to send it in. That's going to be a really fun episode. Just love hearing from you guys. I've already heard some really uh, cool stories from you guys. And like I said, that will be a future episode for sure. We'll let the dust settle, and then uh, we'll do that episode at some point, uh, probably within the next week or two at the most. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you all so, so much. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. In our next episode, we're going to do a look back at this pretty amazing New York Ranger playoff run that they experienced. And as for the Locked On NHL podcast, it is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.